sometimes I'm thinking, I'm like Columbus. You know, he started off and tried to discover something new. And here I am. I'm discovering not an, a continent, but a whole different world that we kind of know of. But we don't see it. You sit at a creek and you look. And all of a sudden you see all these tiny little bugs that are on the surface of the water. You see tiny fish that swim around. You always think they are silent, but they're not. They talk to each other and all of a sudden you, you, you get the chance to explore their world. If, if you would ever listen live to a river, you would get hooked. How can you not be? It's, it's a new world that you explore, that you see. It's mind-opening. On ABC Radio, online, via the podcast, you're listening to Off Track, where you go to get to be an explorer of the world with me, Dr Anne Jones. And for this Off Track summer highlight, we're in southeast Queensland with Amelia Decker, a PhD student from Griffith University at the Australian Rivers Institute. And I would call myself an explorer of a new world, of a new acoustic world or an eco-acoustician. I remember I went with my supervisor, Simon Linke, and Leah Barclay to Noosa, and I was sitting there, and she put headphones on me while she had a hydrophone in the water, and I heard this popping sound. And all of a sudden, this river had so many more sounds, like a different world that you can't see, you can only hear so far. And there were popping shrimps, they just pop, 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 pop everywhere. And every now and then you would hear a fish. Yeah, just mind opening. And I got hooked. And I was like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I would love to spend the rest of my life. So Amelia Decker started a PhD. She's been immersing herself, or at least her very special waterproof microphones, into creeks in the Brisbane area in southern Queensland. And the underwater sounds that you're just about to hear in this program are all recorded by Amelia's scientific equipment. Most of the time the creeks are two, three metres wide. One of my favourite ones is almost in a rainforest area and I sit at the sandbank. And you can see to the bottom of most of the creeks because they're not very deep. Mm, the water is flowing. You see tiny little fish like rainbows. You see water boatmen. Water boatmen are noisy little characters. Imagine a little buggy beetle type thing, but instead of running around on sticky little legs, it zooms around in and on the water using legs that are shaped and seem to act like oars. It's a true bug. It's like a hemiptera. It zips around really, really fast. Looks like they're 
going crazy. What sort of sound does a boatman make? A very high crickety sound. Is it a repetitive sound? Are they making it over and over again? Over and over and over again. And in some creeks during the night, that that's the only thing you can hear because it's a chorus. It's not one individual that sings. It's all of them combined having an orchestra of, of the sound. And funny enough, when you throw in a piece of bread, they kind of fight over that piece of bread, I figured out. They're mostly on the surface of the water, but they can dive down. True bug, Simiptera, um, sing very, very high and loud and very continuously. This orchestra. Beatles are in a lower frequency, so they sing yeah, just between 2 and 5 kilohertz, I would say. They have sometimes a chorus, but they're mostly like individuals. They like to keep to themselves sometimes. Do we have any assumptions about what they might be communicating when they're making these sounds? There are a few theories, I would say. Sometimes it's just about mating um, or to talk to a potential mate. Or if there's danger, they would talk to each other. Or sometimes they just talk. They're just, at least the fish do. The fish, I think, are gossips. I think they're the gossips of the um, freshwater, underwater sounds. How do fish make sound? There are different ways that they can make sound. So they have a swim bladder, which keeps them up, which helps them to swim along. And it's like a balloon. It's basically a tiny balloon inside a fish. And around this balloon, there are muscles. And if you ever had a balloon in your hand and you rub that balloon between your hands, that made a sound. So this is one of the sounds that fish can make. A different type of sound that they can make is rubbing their fin against a a girdle. Like it's a tiny, let's call it a thorn that they have on the side of their body and they rub the fin against it. And that makes also a nice sound. I'm trying to think of what would be the best to describe it. Mm. A uniquely fishy sound. A uniquely fishy sound, yes, definitely. I mainly have grunters. I have two types of grunters. And they're actually called grunters. They're called grunters because even before hydrophone time, before we actually had the technology to listen to them, they were known to make sounds. They were known to to produce sounds. Aristotle was actually the first one to describe the sounds in, in fish, which is pretty impressive because back then there was definitely no technology. And there are gossips. We, we were able to take a video of the grunters while we put a hydrophone in because 
During the recordings, we always heard like a and we didn't know what it was. It was a weird sound that occurred every now and then. And my supervisor put a video, uh, uh, like a GoPro in the water and threw the hydrophone in. A couple of seconds later, these grunters appear and two of them, and they look at this hydrophone. They really do. And they talk to each other. They go like, nah, nah. And then the other goes, eh, eh. It's like they say, hey, what do you think this is? And the other one answers, I don't know. And they're like, hmm, that is weird. And then one of the fish goes to the hydrophone and just swims against it. And this is the sound that we didn't know what it was before. That was this sound. This is a fish swimming against the hydrophone to figure out what it is. They're very inquisitive. You, you might think fish just swim around and want to eat and, and sleep and not get eaten. Um, but no, they're actually very inquisitive and they, they want to look around and they want to figure out what it is. And I'm quite attached to them. <laughs> Every time I see them, it just makes me happy because I know what they sound like and that they talk. And yes, I'm getting overwhelmed again. <laughs> Does the water itself make a sound? The water itself, probably not, but what we would call a water flow, what we think is the water sound, is actually the sediment sound. Just think about it. If you have a flowing river, it's the little stones and the little sand in the creek bed that just go flowing with the water, and that actually makes a nice sound. It's actually the rocks, the gravel, the sand that gets washed down a creek. And we also sometimes have a gas exchange. Um, some people would call it farting plants. And plants underwater have, they do photosynthesis, so the plants produce oxygen and the oxygen just bubbles up from the plants. Or some gas that is trapped in the sand just gets released and then you get a gas exchange sound. So is that like a bubble, like a fart in a bathtub? Or if you ever um, released gas from a balloon while pressing the, the exit of the balloon or the end tip of a balloon, if you ever done that... That's what it sounds like. Wow, so almost coming out under with that bit of pressure. Yes, yeah. I can hear rain.
What does that sound like? I guess like you imagine, if you're in a rainforest and all of a sudden it starts raining and you hear the droplets hitting the, the leaves and everything around you. Similar to that, almost like a, when you're in a shower and you put, yeah, you switch on the shower and it just drops down. Very interesting if you have a creek that flows, so you hear the sediment flow and then you hear the rain dropping down. Very soothing and because it rains so much all of the sudden the sediment will flow faster because you have more water. So you can hear this sudden change in the whole creek and the insects stop singing because it's just too loud. It doesn't make sense to to yell against something that is even louder than you. And you only can hear this the the, the world. You can only hear the the rain that drops down on the creek and you hear the sediment that gets stronger and stronger washed away. Um yeah, you, you hear the change on the water. On Off Track, you're listening to Amelia Decker, who works in ecoacoustics and is just finishing writing up her PhD at Griffith University in Queensland. She's been using really very special, very sensitive underwater microphones to listen to the underwater life in creeks scattered all around the Brisbane area. Delaney Creek. That one is one of my favourite because it's the first one that I recorded. It is in a rainforest setting area and I remember the landowner coming up to me being all like, what are you doing here? You're a scientist. You probably want to do something bad to my creek. And I just said, I want to listen to your creek. He looked at me like I lost all my marbles. <laughs> and then I showed him what his creek in sounds like and he was just over the moon. He was so fascinated that he actually you know, has something this amazing in his backyard and he never knew what it sounded like. And it's one of the creeks where you can actually hear the flow. You hear the flow, the little tiny sediment particles flowing and every now and then you hear these insects buzzing around. You breathe in this cool, fresh air. In this quiet spot, you just sit down, you put your headphones on, and there's nothing else but you in this little creek in this amazing place. It's a very meditative and amazing place to be. But even the most wonderful locations don't guarantee that your research is going to go to plan. So I recorded 12 creeks. I tried to record 16, but I had some water rats eating my hydrophones. It ate the cover of the hydrophone because I think it thought it is a mussel, a freshwater mussel. So that was very interesting. I couldn't use the recording at all. But the water rat picked the hydrophone and put it on a log. 
and you can hear every hour or so it comes back and eats on the rubber of the hydrophone. Is frustrated, goes back into the water, an hour later it comes back, eats on the hydrophone, is again probably very frustrated that this muscle doesn't open, and yeah, goes back into the creek. By leaving her microphones recording below the waterline of creeks for long periods of time, Amelia Decker has been able to listen to the daily rhythms of underwater life and sort of classify them. She's been able to compare the activity of one creek to another. Around 6am, the business starts. The fish and the insects, they get active and they talk and they peak around midday. And it slowly going, goes down till about 6pm. And then it dies down. So the peak time of their activities during the day. And then you have creeks that are completely silent during the night. Completely. You can't hear a single biological sound. They're like, we work from 6 to 6 and otherwise we sleep. And then you have creeks that have a lot of activity during the day and you have other insect sounds that occur during the night. Then you have a creek that just never sleeps. Emu Creek here in, in southeast Queensland, it just never sleeps. It doesn't matter whether it's day or night. It's always active, always different types of insects talking and in fish being active, though the fish mainly are active during the day. But different insects during the day, different insects during the night. And one creek was actually completely different. It was quiet during the day and active during the night. So that's like the party creek of them all. So each one of these creeks has a unique sound signature. None of them have the same sounds in them. None of them have the same species in them. So they're truly unique in their sounds. We can't really tell sound to species, but we can definitely say we have five different sound types, biological sound types. So that has to be five different species. Only 20% of all species make a noise or make a sound underwater. So just because you hear a lot of sounds, it doesn't mean that there are a lot of species mm. in there. So um, you can, could have a creek that is completely silent, which I have. I have a, a creek, I can't hear a single sound, which is really, really weird and fascinating at the same time. But I know that there are species in there. Just the species that are in there don't produce any sound. And then in other creeks where I hear a lot of sounds, I hear a lot of different sounds. So I have different sounds, but I also have a lot of them. And they might not have that many species. So potentially the silent one might have more species in them than a loud one. 
Well, with that in mind then, what can these soundscapes be used for in scientific terms? I'm trying to relate them to creek health. You have different parameters in in a creek, so they have different temperature, they have a different oxygen level in their water, they have different turbidity, they have a different pH, and all that makes a condition of a creek. And if that condition changes, you know that either the creek gets healthier or less healthy. I'm trying to find a method that is less invasive, that is more cost-effective, easier, basically, to find out the condition of a creek. And it would be an easy one. You put a hydrophone in, you leave it, a couple of days later you bring it back and you analyze. Because right now the way we try to conduct this kind of research in creeks to determine how healthy they are, you have to step into a river, um, into a creek, you have to step in, you have to collect the insects, you have to actually disturb the whole environment, which is not very nice. The preliminary results indicate that it's possible. It's indicating that less healthy sites have a different sound to healthier sites or that the condition of the creeks is reflected in the sounds. So that that is what we are right now calculating. What about the human-made sounds in the creeks that you study? Can you hear humans? Fortunately, I got lucky with the... Um, with my creeks, so I barely could hear any human interaction. I could hear them in March this year when we had this big drought here in Brisbane and there was just no no water, there was no rain, so the creeks dried out and some of the farmers had to use the water out of the creeks to pump, um, to water their fields. I could hear that, I could hear the pump in the water pumping the water out. Usually it rains a lot in the summer, so the creeks fill up again. But what happened during my PhD is I recorded in April and all of my creeks were flowing and were happy. And then in September, three of the creeks had dried out. So I drove back to the same sites and they were gone. And then I went in March trying to record them, but because it hasn't rained in summer, six of them had dried out. So I was left with only six sites that had barely water in them. And I could hear the creeks slowly dying. The sounds just were less and less and less. It's the change from being alive to being less alive, and then in March, there was almost nothing there. When the creeks and the sounds dry up. On ABC Radio, this has been Off Track, and Amelia Decker was our guest and guide into the underwater sounds of the creeks around Brisbane. 
I'm Ann Jones, and remember to dry out your bathers, pack the sunscreen away, and meet me here at the same time next time, because that's when I'll take you somewhere else. So do you call it singing, the noise that bugs make? Yes, I call it singing or speaking or talking, because noise sounds so negative. Noise is something we don't like. Noise is traffic noise. But it's actually a sound. It's a singing sound. It's, they talk. It's their voice.